Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Lydia Brown Ministries, where we have a conversation about faith and bringing revival to your life. And thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Brown Raphael, and I'm so excited to introduce our special guest today. He is a return guest on the podcast, as we knew he would be, and we are so honored to welcome him again today. We have Brother Jeff Taylor joining us. How are you today, Brother Jeff? Thank you, Lydia Brown. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm well. Uh, everything is good because anytime you have life in Jesus, it's good, regardless of what's going on. <laughs> hey, Mia, that's exactly right. Well, I have been looking forward to our time together. I This is one that me and Nick have been greatly anticipating. And as soon as we started our podcast, we knew that we wanted to do a special series on healing, and you were the first person that came to our mind. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I I feel like there is so much for people still yet to learn. Even people that believe in healing, uh, sometimes we we do, we think we've got all the answers when and when it's not happening consistently as we want or like we like. We need to understand. Uh, more about this subject. And I, I, I appreciate the Lord and the Holy Spirit for giving, giving us insight for how healing works and how to attain and obtain uh, healing, physical healing through divine methods. That is very well said. I agree with you. And I cannot wait to get into this. I've got some questions written down that I want to okay. ask you about. I hope this is I hope this is not stump the preacher, but I think we'll be okay. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll be good. But before we get into that, let's take a moment because maybe some of our listeners they weren't able to catch your first podcast. If you guys didn't catch that one, definitely go back and listen. He was our very first guest. We did a great podcast on revival, so go check that out. But if you haven't, brother Jeff, just give us a quick recap of who you are, where you're from, and what you do. All right. So the short, condensed version is I was born on a Thursday. I was in a Pentecostal church the next Sunday. I was raised in a Christian home. My father was a minister of the gospel. My grandmother, his mother, was a, a, gospel, a Pentecostal preacher. So I'm basically the third generation Pentecostal preacher. And uh, I started in the ministry in 1986 after graduating from uh, Rainbow Bible Training Center, where I spent two years studying and uh, really had my life majorly impacted by the ministry of Brother Hagen. Uh, he's, he's really been my spiritual father since a very early and impressionable age. Uh, he showed me what the Word of God really does say, and not just our Pentecostalism or church religions, or he showed me really what the scripture says and helped me uh, really start, get a good start. So I've been in the full-time ministry since 1986, which uh, this year starts uh, the, uh, in June. I'll be starting my 30, I'll celebrate 36 years. Um, Congratulations. And I'll be entering in the 37th year. 
you know, like they say in <laughs> India, uh, I, I cross over 36, I'm walking in 37. And I have been greatly honored to see the Lord uh, use, use my life to bring a lot of people to know him. Uh, we have uh, estimated uh, there's about 500,000 people that have got to know the Lord uh, through our ministry, and we've been able to introduce. And I think when you show up to heaven with an extra half a million people, that he's not going to be disappointed. And so I Amen. just I, I look forward to many more productive and fruitful years. But uh, in that, also in that 36 years, uh, I've been used in the area of healing, prophetic. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of lives touched by the power of God, and I'm I'm just very grateful to be in His service uh, today. Oh, praise God! Uh, I know that me and Nick both have been blessed tremendously by your ministry, and that's why, as I've said before, it is such a high honor to have you on this podcast um, because you've blessed me and Nick and, you know, not just by being in your services, but the relationship we have with you and the honor we get to learn from you as our spiritual father, you know, we, uh, we just appreciate you so much. And I want today for our listeners to be able to capture a little bit of the conversations that me and you and Nick, we've, we've been able to have, um, you know, outside of church services and outside of a uh, platform like this. I want our listeners just to be able to hear some of those words of wisdom that you've shared with me that have so changed my life. Well, it's going to be great. We're, we're going to have a good time. And the, the Bible says the entrance of God's word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. It's when people think they know it all or have heard it all, that's when they get into trouble. That's where our pride slips in and we stop and we put the lid on our understanding when we think we've heard yeah. it all or we know how it works. That's so good. Uh, that's that's basically a problem. When we when we still approach the word of God with humility and an openness and a teachability, that's when the Lord can share and really open up our heart and our mind and make the word of God and the principles of his kingdom and the effectiveness of that kingdom operative in our lives much more without uh, a lot of uh a lot of grinding and working it out and banging it out. It's more about, hey, this is, uh, this is, uh, he made it easy because he made it by his grace. So it's going to be good. It I'm is. honored to be here. I'm really honored to be here. <laughs> you know, there was this quote that I heard just a couple of days ago again, and I wanted to share it because it reminds me a lot of you, you know, just learning from you and watching you and being in your services. And it's by John G. Lake. And he said, when I saw for the first time by the word of God, that sickness was not the will of God, everything in my nature rose up to defeat the will of the devil. Yeah. I, I don't know that people uh, have really decided about their sickness. They, they make it genetic. They make it physical. They make it. Uh, uh, just something that they have to endure. Um, and, and they don't really understand uh, what John G. Lake even said, that they have not determined that it really is God's will for them to be healed. It's, it is as much for them to be healed as it is for them to be saved. You mm. go, well, that's a grandioso statement. How, do you, how, are, how, are, how can you make that statement? Well, I didn't make it. Jesus did. 
Jesus made the statement in Luke chapter 5, he was very clear when they lit the man down through the ceiling. Uh, the Bible already had said earlier in that chapter that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But them didn't get healed. The people that were present in that meeting didn't get healed. If you read the text very carefully, none of them got healed. But the only one that got healed was the one they let down through the roof. And and what and he kind of buzzed the religious people there. He said, uh, your sins are forgiven you. Well, they go, wait a minute. Who is this guy? I think he is. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And him perceiving, Jesus perceiving their thoughts, he said to them, he said, why are you reasoning in your heart? And then he says this statement in verse 23, which is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And, and the deal is, is that Jesus in that one statement, he didn't say which one is more difficult. He said, which one is easier to say? Your sins be forgiven you, or rise, take up your bed and walk. If you take a poll, if you had taken a poll of that crowd that he's addressing in that moment, you know, because we're big on polls nowadays, you know, okay. uh, if you take a poll in, 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 that, in that setting, they would say, which, if you say which one's easier, they would say, well, we're much more comfortable with you healing the sick. You can't forgive a sin because there's no temple. They're not in a temple. There's no ceremony. There's no spilling of blood. There's no sacrifice, all this stuff. And you just announce that his sins are forgiven. But if you fast forward to even modern day uh, spirit filled people that believe in healing, which and you ask them, which one's easier? Is it easier to get saved or is it easier to get healed? And I've done this kind of test all over the world, but I've done it especially here uh, in the United States at churches, I mean, across from one end of this nation to the next. Which one's easier? And by and large, they all, I mean, nine times out of, 99 times out of 100, they'll say it's easier to get saved than it is to get healed. And the reason that is, Lydia, is it because we've been better taught about salvation than we have about healing. We're not very clear on healing. We believe in healing, but we're not as clear on healing as we are salvation. Yeah, because with salvation being taught like it has, we've made it simple. Mm-hmm. Salvation's right. become very simple to us. You you know how to receive Jesus as your Savior and go and tell someone else how to receive Jesus. And you don't have to add anything to the cross. You know, that cross and that resurrection was enough for people to say, you know what, if God can do that through his son, then I'm convinced. I wish they'd be that same convinced because in all actuality, most people don't realize that the 39 stripes that Jesus bore were not like just leather. It wasn't a leather whip. There were pieces of clay and metal and nails at the end of that. And halfway through that 39 stripes that they did, this was a death sentence because it would mutilate the person that went through this. They had to change sides halfway through because the one side that had been whipped had been reduced to, you could actually see his in, inner organs through his, through his, um, through his rib cage because it had all been exposed. They had to switch sides and, because there's just nothing left to beat on that other side. It was a death sentence. You either could go to the cross or you could take 39 stripes. And the reason that there are 39 stripes 
Is it because through the Roman experience of brutal, brutal, uh, brutal torture, they realized that at 40 stripes, you would kill the man. So they went just to the brink of death before killing him and saved one stripe left. 39 stripes. But Isaiah had already prophesied years before that through his stripes, we are healed. Not because of God's mysterious plan or because he gets in a notion or he gets in a mood or all this stuff. We um, that have believed in healing have made this healing thing more about God picking and choosing in his sovereignty rather than making it available to everyone. We would never say that about the cross. We would never say that about the cross. The cross was for everybody. It doesn't matter how old, what country, what language, doesn't matter what you, what lifestyle you come back from. The cross was enough. But we don't, we're not as convinced that the stripes are just as much. Yeah. So going into that a little further, um, it is God's will for everyone to be well, right? Yeah, I believe there's there there are several there are several things here that um, that we have to pick from. We we see Old Testament types and shadows. Um, you have not only the Passover lamb that was on on given to the Exodus. The Bible says very clearly that there was not a feeble one among them. What we don't realize is that when they when they when all of Israel was full of lamb. It strengthened them, and the Bible says in Psalms there was not a feeble one among them. I know when we watch the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, you got people that are being carried on stretchers and people that are have crutches and all this stuff. That's just not the way it was. Yeah. Psalm says there was nobody needing to be carried, no one that was crippled, no one. That was the greatest healing service. Yeah, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter if they were e- Egyptian and they ate the lamb or whatever. It, they all went out on this under the same power. That's the first one. The second one of the Old Testament types and shadows determining is when the vipers, because Israel had got into murmuring, complaining about the Lord and about their leadership, uh, you know, gripers get the vipers, you know. So what happened is, is that vipers, but, but God instructed Moses, and we even use this symbol today is we lift up the rod with the serpent on it, the brass serpent, and anybody who had been bitten by that a snake, anybody that had that was was healed. And that's another one of those indicators, even in the Old Testament, that it was God's will to heal all. Yeah. Um, then you go to the, you know, so you got Old Testament types and shadows. Secondly, you got to go to the words of Jesus. Jesus never rejected anyone for healing except for the Syrophoenician woman. Syrophoenician woman was a Gentile woman, and the Lord, the Lord said to her, "No, it's not right for me to give the, the children's bread to the dogs." And she said, "But yeah, Lord, I, you're you're right. I'm a dog. But the thing about it is, I've been I've got dogs in my house, and they get the crumbs that fall from. And what she's saying is, I got enough faith that all I need is just a crumb." Yeah. I wish we had more people like that. That they, they just said, "I just need a crumb. I don't need the whole loaf. I don't even need a roll." I just need a crumb. That one crumb of your healing power is enough to take care of my family, enough to take care of my my sister, or enough to take care of my daughter, enough to take care of me. 
We don't have that same. We we have to feel. We have to do all this stuff. We have to have the you know preacher lay hands, anoint, shout, scream, dance, you know, and have this feeling to confirm that God's going to do it. And the woman, he he, she just went on Jesus. She she just went on Jesus's uh, word. So not only Jesus' words. So we got Old Testament type of shadows. Jesus' words. Thirdly, you've got Jesus' actions. He was moved with compassion and healed them all on several occasions. And then the last one, number four, is to do, to prove the will of God. Uh, you have to look at the redemption scriptures like Isaiah 53, like 1 Peter 2.24, like Matthew, um, uh, Matthew, is it eight uh, or nine? Uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Uh, not exactly sure of the reference, but it's, I think it's I think it's Matthew, possibly Matthew nine thirty five. We'll, we'll get it for you, but uh, Matthew nine thirty five is where he went about teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel king, kingdom, and healing all men of sickness and disease. But those are the things that that prove. Now, I was in Nigeria several years ago, Lydia, and I I went to. Uh, a, a leadership, con- I was teaching in one of the leadership conferences. There were probably about 500 uh, preachers there that were all gathered. There was about 10,000 in attendance in the, in the regular thing, but there were about 500 preachers. And one of the, uh, actually the, the host pastor that was overseeing this entire event, his wife came to the uh, mic for, for, during a Q&A session, and she said, my best friend has cancer, terminal cancer. And she said, I am, I have made my vow and I have paid my vow, but I, but my, my, my best friend still has cancer. Why? And I, I, you know, I wasn't going to assume that I knew exactly what she was talking about. So I said, Hey, um, what, uh, what do you mean by this? Make a vow, pay a vow. So she explained to me, she said, well, she said, uh, when you really want to determine or show God how big your desire is, we make this large pledge of an offering of money to show and demonstrate how big your desire is. And then once you have accomplished that goal, then he's going to grant you your desire. You know, uh, unfortunately, um, God is not moved. And to be honest, when she asked that question and she, and she realized, I thought, gosh, this sounds like preacher. This is some preacher security. You know, when preachers talk about bigger offerings, you know, I, you know, I just don't like, I just don't like manipulation that happens that way. Cause it just, it just cheapens the benevolence of God. But, but nonetheless, I, I, I realized that the, whoever taught her this may have been sitting in that crowd. And he might have been on the platform behind me. I don't know. So I had to, I said, Lord, I know what I need to say, but I don't know how to say it without ticking everybody off in here. Mm -hmm. So I need you to tell me how to say this. And out of my mouth came these words. Anything that you add to the stripes of Jesus and the price that God said was sufficient and enough price for your best friend's healing is to discount the price that God said was enough to be paid. Now, maybe that doesn't make sense to you, but if you add 
anything to what the stripes did. Yeah. If you say the stripes weren't enough, I need an offering. Yeah. In addition to the stripes, I need four days of fasting. In addition to the stripes, I need four days, five days of praying or whatever. Yeah. Or I need to give up this and I need to give up that in order to get, you know, anything you add to the stripes that God said was enough. It is no longer by grace and faith. It's by works. Yeah. So that's what I tell people is that it's easy if you quit trying to stack the Sunday with nuts and cherries. Ice cream is good enough. You know, it's okay. God said 39 stripes was sufficient enough price. You wouldn't do that with the cross. You wouldn't say, I need to give a big offering in order to be saved. You wouldn't say, I need to give you, you I, I need to fast three days to get God to save me. Right. So, so I, I, I try to tell people, listen, it is God's will for not only not only all the other four points that I told you, but Jesus didn't have to didn't have to take stripes on his back to go to the cross. So it would seem like this stripe business was just an addendum or just a side issue. Why why would he have to go through more suffering in order to if he's if he's already going to be on the cross? No, the stripes were very significant because Isaiah said by the Spirit of God and prophesied, these stripes have a very significant role. And if you say healing's not for me today, what you're saying is that Jesus suffered in vain. That's so true. And what we're establishing here is it is the will of God for everyone to be well. Jesus paid the price once and for all. And this thing needs to be made more simple. And we're going to, as I shared at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to break this up into a series because yeah. I feel like you need to lay a foundation for some of the people who are listening. Um, the majority of our listeners, they probably have been taught and are you know, in agreement that it's God's will for them to be well. But... Um, you said something kind of interesting, Brother Jeff, at the beginning of this, that um, we need to approach um, this topic with humility and really the heart of a student, right? Because we right. grow up in church and, you know, we've been blessed here in America to be taught so many great things. But um, if we're not cautious, we can kind of think that we already know it, can't we? Yeah, yeah. Too many times when we approach it that way, we, we wind up not uh, not paying attention to some of the areas that we really do need to dial down in, um, you know, because I, I hear people say all the time, well, I believe in healing. Yeah, but I, you can't get saved by believing in salvation. Right. You have to believe that God loves you, that he sent his son to be, to be the, the supreme sacrifice to take your sin and to bear your sin and to become sin for you. I mean, that's, that's just Christianity 101. But too many times. Now, uh, for instance, when, when Benjamin Franklin discovered electricity or Darwin uh, discovered gravity, they didn't approach it by telling gravity what they thought gravity should be doing. They didn't approach electricity uh, in the sense that they believed that 
you know, they're going to tell electricity what it's going to do. They needed to learn how these laws work in the physical world. And too many times in church, we've seen somebody healed under certain circumstances, and we think that's the way all healing has to happen. Well, that may be, you may not even understand all the factors that were going on in that experience. So what happens is, is that rather than becoming a student, we say, well, I believe in healing because I saw so-and-so healed or because I saw this person healed this way. And and I believe, but what about the person that has not seen or had experience in healing? You can still have the same results because it's not done by some random experience. It has to be done by the word of God and faith in what God has already accomplished through his son. Oh, I cannot wait to get into some of that next week. I know it's (laughs) going to be so good. And I, the time we have already, can you believe that almost we're already at (laughs) the end of our first, we we did. Well, before we go though today, what can you leave our listeners with to build upon what we're going to go into next week? Something for them to be meditating on and to come back prepared for what we're going to be talking about next. I want them to, I want your listeners to think how much God really loves them. And if you really love someone, you would never want them to suffer in sickness or disease. You know, if you really love someone, you would do whatever you can to relieve the aching and the suffering. And, and, and I think that what happens is, is that we forget that God is love. He actually defines the standard. He actually is love. And that he doesn't just have love. But what would love do in their situation? And if they can get convinced that God loves them and just meditate on how much God loves them, and that he wants them to be. Now, he's he's bound by certain aspects. He's bound by his word. He's bound by certain laws, free moral agency. There's a lot of things that do bind him. But if you understand that God is for you and that he loves you, if you'll spend a week like that, you'll be prepared for next week. Because if you get convinced that God is on your side, and that he's working with you to get your to get you to get you on the other side of this it'll be much easier fight than it is for you to just try to be wrestling with god as to trying to uh, wiggle something out of him he is a giver and he loves you praise god that's exactly right well i have thoroughly enjoyed it today brother jeff thank you once again for coming on me too it is such a high honor and i'm so thankful for all of you who have joined us and listened we thank god for you and we love you so much and if you will you guys share this with someone else pay it forward and be a blessing to someone that you know a family member a friend and let everyone know this message about healing that god does love them and it is his will for them to be well. And until next time, this is Lydia Brown Raphael. And remember, Jesus is coming soon. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Lydia Brown Ministries. For more ways to connect with us, visit the links in the podcast description.